we're live there we go <laughs> there you have I'm it i'm not tired folks. of the theme yet me neither man well it's a shock beat so lord knows it's pretty damn good <laughs> Thank i'm you, not sir. planning on getting tired of it anytime soon good so, morning and welcome back to content content good morning, everyone. what's up mike how are you Oh, you don't want to know, Derek. <laughs> you do know already because we already we preempted the, the conversation. We, we did a preemptive hash I'm out. feeling like complete bleep because I promised I won't curse anymore. That's but hey, right. Honesty <laughs> is the policy here, so there it That's is. That's correct. That's true. That's so, true. And But you know what, Mike? In some ways, you know, I hate to put it like this, but you were bound to have a bad week because my <laughs> week was bad last week. And you were on vacation, having a blast up yeah. in paradise. So when we engage in the pleasures and pains of life, mm, when yeah, we reach yeah. high peaks, <laughs> Go ahead, give it we to inevitably me. reach an equal and opposite requisite no. downturn. I'm sorry <laughs> that the universe did that to oh, you this week. Yes, it always does. It's just <laughs> the way it works. And we always life. talk about it. But I like talking about it. I don't like living it. I know that's really what to I talk about. I like to talk <laughs> about the low points when I'm feeling okay. Yeah, exactly. you know, and you know, in the valleys, and and when you're right. in the valley, but when and you're you in the valley, it's fucking. What are you gonna oh, do? Man, I'm not supposed to curse. It sucks. <laughs> it really it, is it not gosh, great. Gosh darn sucks. <laughs> that that's better, right? It gosh darn stinks. Yeah, it gosh There's darn stinks. No. That's even more better. Thank you. <laughs> it gosh gosh darn stinks. Uh, Darn it. Yeah. And you know, that is actually a, a bunch of what I w wanted to kind of get into today. Oh, good. Uh, hello and welcome to the show. Uh, my name is Derek Cross. For me, as always, Shot Gomez. Thank you for listening to Content Content. Happy Sunday morning. Uh, was it raining by you this week, Mike? I had a bunch of rain this week and I kind of yeah. liked it, to be honest. It was a little, it was like mixed bag. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I, had some, I had some, I had some uh, rainy days. I had some thunderstorms. I feel like I haven't had... I grew up with lots of thunderstorms, I feel like. Hmm. I don't know what happened to them. I feel like that's going somewhere, isn't it? Is it? <laughs> I wish it was, actually. I grew I'm up really... with lots of thunderstorms. <laughs> and I was studying thunderstorms. <laughs> and then it occurred to me, in my inner Buddha, that <laughs> the thunderstorm... Well, Mike, let me say this. that I was so inspired by... Uh, and so excited by your forthcoming book. Thank you. Um, again, we're attracting so much attention for it that it's really going to force you to finish it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's good, I guess. You know, yeah, put that pressure I, on you. I kept rolling somehow. <laughs> yeah, even in my, in my week. I don't know. I had, this, I had a moment. I finished chapter two and I started three. See, there you go. Go man. figure. Um, so I typed up a little something. You know what? You, are you still like journaling? man uh, not as much because i think i'm writing but journaling yeah. is journaling was the i would say the gateway to what to to the writing i'm doing because it, wow. it was definitely like getting used to putting that on paper yeah kind of set me up to to write yeah you know i have like a a couple probably like a month or two ago i started writing a sports blog with a, a couple friends of mine and it was the first thing that got me back to writing and just the process of like opening up your head and letting stuff fall out onto a page. Um, 
and so to that extent, I think journaling is a great exercise for a myriad reasons. The not least of which is like, yeah, you can become a writer. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, it's uh, it's a strange thing. You know, it's it, it's kind of nice to to discover that you could possibly good at be maybe be good at something that uh yo what's up freddy hey fred and hello to my sister isabel good morning isabel good morning um it's a weird thing you know sometimes you you and uh you you can be good at something that you really never thought you'd be good at and that's kind of a nice surprise in life if you if you push you know and you try things i mean man if you, I'm the guy that, in all honesty, you know, I, I tried, I didn't never really went to college, but I tried to go to Bronx Community College once, and my writing was so bad <laughs> that they wanted, so I started a semester, but I didn't even finish it. Uh, they wanted me, well, they did put me in an intramural, like, get you ready to even take a class okay. for writing and English and stuff. Okay. And, um... Were it not for all my studying, like uh, during my like cult period, I learned to read. Uh, I, I learned a lot of vocabulary. I learned discourse. Um, I learned so much. You know, I learned how to uh, even stand up for myself by reading, because they're they're pretty badass towards each other in theology. <laughs> like when they argue doctrines. Well, what could be more important than yeah, arguing like, their origin? Like Augustine life? going at somebody who has a different idea. They're mean. Luther, like he would, bro, he would, he would set people, like he would disrespect people, like in a proper way. <laughs> really and that really, yeah, even that, it kind of helps you to be able to articulate and like make you, <laughs> make get your point across like in a way. And uh, it, it schooled me, man. You know, it really well, schooled me. Yeah, there you, you go. It, Remedial classes. That's what it was called. Hey, uh, you, you, maybe you had one of those. How'd you know what that was, Freddie? <laughs> Look, we've all been in a remedial class in our lives, yeah. okay? So we have we more all... in common than, than we know, Freddie. We have welfare <laughs> cheese and remedial classes. That's the best grilled cheese. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it goes back to your thing. Like, uh, the first teaching of every religion is all those other religions are wrong they're all they wrong yeah, let's, let's start here <laughs> we have the special knowledge everyone else is wrong but let me dig into this thing man and yeah. um jump in whenever you want because it's a it's kind of a whole thing so but wait are you you reading something from... yeah but feel free to interrupt me i'm just nah. gonna use it as a sort of outline no i want to i want to take this in man i need <laughs> okay. i need this like you got to feed me today man okay all right i'm a mess i'll Go. uh I'll, it's all this, on you. Big responsibility, this, man. This is what I was thinking about this week. Is my ego is huge. Um, and I'm not, it's not that I'm a person who goes around bragging about themselves all the time, but I am somewhat, as so many people are, sort of tortured by my personality and the experience of the pleasures and pains of life. And, you know, you'd figure I'd be further along given that we talk about this stuff every week. Um, and as we said, many people, it seems, are too damn busy to care about this stuff. Uh, and in a great many cases, rightfully so. Um, so here we are talking about Jesus and Buddha and the Upanishads and enlightened beings every week. Um, but of course, I'm just as, you know, psychologically tortured as most people are. And most people are worse off than I am. 
um, Chogim Trumpa, our dear friend, uh, his most popular book or text is called Cutting Through Spiritual Materialism, which has a lot of teachings that focus on criticizing the type of person who adopts the language of the spiritual, but doesn't live it. The person who still experiences the constant cycle of happiness, sorrow, gain and loss, pleasure and pain, moment to moment. But they sort of funnel those thought patterns through spiritual language. And this is typified by the yoga mom who's screaming at the Starbucks barista because she wanted fat-free milk and not that damned 1%. Um, so that yoga may well be good for her back, but it appears none too good for her well-being mentally. <laughs> Do you want to jump in? No. Okay. No, I'm, I'm, I'm digging this. Okay. Keep going. My ego rules me in the sense, in many ways, but in one very specific sense, that I can't really be anywhere and not want and or need to make the people around me like me. Um, and this is an experience I'd imagine is, of course, tremendously common. But the I, bug... I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I've never wanted anyone to like me. <laughs> never, never, never. So good. So good. <laughs> but the bugaboo is that simply by engaging in the game of I want them to like me, I open myself up to the possibility, in actuality or just in my head, of them not liking me. And so oh. there goes my mind. Hit me with That's that one my... more time. I like that. Hit... Simply by engaging in the game, uh, uh, innocent as it may start out of, I want them to like me. I open myself up to the equal and you know equally as likely possibility, in actuality or just in my head, how I experience it, of them not liking me. Yeah, you're so, opening the door precisely. for it by doing that. That's interesting. So there goes my mind. Uh, that's my ego. And it just makes life harder to experience out and out. Mm. Um, Marcus Aurelius in Meditations repeatedly says, straight, not straightened. To be straight, not straightened. To walk into a room straight, confident, calm, zen, content, whatever you'd like to call it. And you have no need to be straightened, i.e. enjoyed, liked, overly appreciated by those around you. You're straight, not wiggly, needing to be straightened. So we always talk about these teachings from all different sources. You know, each you week is... Just go to a comment real quick and then oh, you yeah. jump right back in. Of course. So really, I can't be around people and it's quiet. So I always have to talk, not have silence. Like when I'm in a car with someone, that's why my wife says I talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm the same way. Um, uh, so jump. I'm yeah, sorry. That, I didn't mean to interrupt a, that's you. That's such I a good example of um, being in a car or something. Yeah, I have a tendency to be such a chatterbox. And I can lie to myself and say, well, it's because I'm affable and cool and stuff. But it's at least in part because well, I'm I a bit uncomfortable. Are, so it's not a complete lie. You got you got exactly. one fan right here, but right? Don't don't you build up my ego here, Mike. I need you to <laughs> oh, cut you me down. Need, you don't need any help with that. All right, sorry. <laughs> no, no, I'm convinced people don't like me either. So I, I've got it from all angles. Trust me. Um, but uh, yeah. So look, we we're always talking about these teachings from all different sources, and each week is filled with little gems. I think, but I'm biased. What can I say? But where I'm stuck, I think, and what I think is quite difficult, is 
what is the mechanism through which we integrate these intellectual teachings, the stuff we read and, and are, feel affected by? How do we integrate that into our habitual thought patterns and actions? Because just because you understand something doesn't mean that you live it or use it. Absolutely. There's plenty in my head that I don't use. For example, I can name every New York Jets quarterback from 1997 on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Neil O'Donnell, Glenn Foley, Vinny Testaverde, Ray Lucas, Rick Meyer. Don't get me started. <laughs> and now, but that's not intellectual knowledge that I use frequently at all. Uh, nor would some consider it intellectual knowledge at all. Uh, and they may well be correct about that. But the point is, there's a lot of stuff in your head that you don't really use. So, so plainly you're, put... you're part Rain Man. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't even think I'm smart enough for that. I wish you could count cards but make money off this stuff. Uh, but uh, go Jets. Thank you, Freddie. Plainly put, what is the mechanism that integrates that intellectual knowledge into action? Uh, like, how do you, is it meditation? Does that calming of the mind just generally make life better? I mean, probably, it seems like it. Is it harmonizing with what life presents you as best as it can? I suppose that's what, like, most of the teachings are largely trying to tell you when Jesus says, keep me in your mind. I interpret that as keep the universe on your mind, keep the oneness on your mind, the big giant oozing ball that we all live in, and that you're a grain of sand being presented with a situation in. Because here's another bugaboo, a completely separate, different, distinct, two different bugaboos, is how can you tell when you've made, quote unquote, spiritual progress? Uh, How do you know when you level up? What level are you on? And can you believe this guy's only on a level three? What a dipweed. <laughs> hey, stop talking about me like that. <laughs> so are you really asking these questions? Yes. Or do you have something? Oh, uh, Mike, to... I don't have any answers. No, no, no. Oh, no. man. I was I was pumped up, man. I need these answers, damn it. I have and some kind of so thoughts about what with are the, some I, answers. The I, I know I don't know, which is, which is our escape. Route. Are you going to jump through that escape route? Well, I'm going to kind of kind of have a little bit of some answers. Okay. All right. Um, because in the same sense that we are all children of God, we're all a drop of light, the Atman, we're all, we all have a little drop of magic consciousness in us that animates the meat body that we all land in. Um, but we are too much a mere product of the oneness to ever fully step back far away enough from it to be able to see the entire conception of the universe of God. We'll never know what it is, where it is, or how the F it does exist. Like you can't define mayonnaise as that mayonnaise stuff. You can't use the word in the definition. <laughs> so I suppose it boils down to, with regard to, are the teachings working? Are they helping? Are you integrating them or not? Is like, how do you feel? On a day-to-day basis, is your life a little bit lighter as compared to what it used to be? And if so, cool, (laughs) good. (laughs) Uh, I just guess I wish it would happen a little bit sooner for me. (laughs) Man, it's good stuff, man. Um 
uh, I have some thoughts on on this stuff. Please go. Which, of course, I do, right? Well, that's why I said it. Um, well, for me, uh, it's it's something that I've thought tons about um, because that's especially coming from the cult background. Um, that's something you you really um, grapple with because you hear a lot of doctrine and dogma and, and uh, hardcore stuff. Let me see. I will say that I'm learning that I'm becoming more spiritual by feeling more free from material things and my desire to help others has never been so strong. Well, hey, sounds like whatever you're doing is working. So That's the name of the game right there. Keep that up. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, so I would listen to the teachings and stuff, and I you just see this like complete opposite of behavior. Um, and that makes you think about th- this topic, for me at least. That's what made me even consider it like well you know what does make you um and and they talked a ton about levels oh my god there was always this next level this next level um (laughs) so i'm you know my two cents here is i don't believe in levels uh i don't think they exist and i think um and this is going to be kind of judgmental on a lot of people but this is how i feel um, from my experience, I, I label that it's, I have something I call carnal spirituality. Um, and it's like when you take sort of the, what Jesus calls the mammon system, what we call whatever the system, um, and you apply it to spiritual things, which is like climbing up a ladder of success, getting mm-hmm. to that next level. And I think that what happens a lot is because we, look so much on the outside um, and we look so little on the inside and it's hard work and it's, it's a conscious effort if we're going to look on the inside when it's it takes no work to look outside because you're just looking around. You're, you're stuck constantly being reminded of what's on the outside. And it's easy to internalize those principles unconsciously, not on, not like, you know, like you're doing it on purpose, like, I'm going to make a spiritual life that mirrors it. No, it's just that that's what you know. And that's how you, you know, like I know how to do a lot of things because I, I got so good at music. I can even take those things. Like when I'm writing, Hmm. I am able to take the things I learned as a writer. I mean, as a producer and apply them into writing, Hmm. you know, like what would I do? I write it. Then I look at it, and just as I would fine-tune a track or something, I fine-tune the text. I look, you know, I, and I get into it, and I try to really zoom in on something uh, because that's what you do with music. You find a main loop, and I'm doing the same process just in writing, and that's because I understand that. Now, that's what I need. That's my tool. That's what is in my tools. That's what I got, so that's what I'm using. And I think that a lot of people, because we're raised up in this system, we automatically throw that into the spiritual life and it doesn't really in my opinion because i did it and i tried it very uh extreme you know i stopped doing stuff uh you know from drinking to you know on and on and on like even stuff that it's like real personal that I, i would be embarrassed to say um so and it didn't help and that's sort of the story of martin luther too it's funny we were talking i think about martin luther earlier Mm -hmm. before we started the show um his story is a text screamed out at him 
Um, and it was a, a grace-filled text because he had been doing all that monk stuff and uh, doing, you know, uh, depriving himself of things, uh, hurting him, himself, and, and to try and uh, get closer to God and, and to be less, you know, so God could be more. And um, at, by doing that, he he came to the realization with this text, I can't remember, I think it was in Romans, the one that really screamed at him and sort of changed his whole um, perspective, that it basically he became a very grace-centered, um, having a grace-centered theology instead of a works. Because that's the big, the big battle in, 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 in Christian theology, one of the big battles, I should say, is, is works versus grace. Legal, mm. you know, versus love. So there's this, always this tension between the law of Moses and the law of Christ. There's this tension constantly. And I think that um, the law of Moses is more systematic. The law of Christ is more spiritual. It's it's a different way of looking at things without layers, without because uh, because even when when they asked Jesus, his apostles like, where are we going to be sitting with you? He was decimating all that the levels. He was like, you don't know what you're talking about. He was like, you don't you don't even know what that is and this and that. And you shouldn't be thinking about that. You should you know. So it, he was constantly coming against that thought process that we use in a system separating Caesar and God and constantly making a separation of spiritual and the even what the temple how they work so um kind of a long answer but um I personally you know how do you know um you you you're gonna have the real the realization you know and and it's not going to be easy that's the truth you know yeah and there's there's a uh, the scripture's not coming to me, but Jesus does say, you know, I don't know the scripture offhand, um, but he does say that it's not going to be easy. You know, yeah. he doesn't say, you know, you come to me. He says, you know, my yoke is easy, my burden's light. But then he, in another text, he's saying, it's not going to be easy. You're going to you have problems. It's just because you're following me and my teachings now doesn't mean it's going to be like this. Um, easy life no it's probably going to be harder because it made the spiritual life may be even more difficult because you're not just submitting blindly to something yeah it's really individualized it's really on you it's and on you. you have to be your own boss parent supervisor yeah if you <laughs> if especially if you're going to do it in an honest way you know because yeah which is the only way to actually do it you have yeah. to be radically honest with yourself yeah, because otherwise you're just gonna, like you said, uh, and it's, it's. I mean, what you said was great because you're adapting spiritual language, yes. putting it into your life, and that is your spirituality. Um, because you're just basically, and it's interesting you're saying this because it's, there's a chapter that I want to put in the book that it just came to me yesterday, and it's it's about attaching instead of having your own journey. And I never thought of this until yesterday. Um, instead of having your own journey, which you said, your own honest, you know, what you just said, you attach yourself to someone else's journey. So if you have a, a guru, a prophet, someone you're following, instead of you having a journey and being guided by their wisdom and them being a roadmap and sort of like, you know, a guide you 
completely attach yourself to their journey. And that I feel like that is also something that is not healthy. You know, parents attach themselves to their kids' journeys. True. Uh, people attach themselves to the journey of their um, partner, uh, mm-hmm. even of a friend. You know, and I was and 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 um, I'm doing this thing, uh, you know, called the Shock Chronicles. And um, one of the things I realized in self-examination of that whole situation with Rough Riders was that. I attached myself to their journey. It wasn't mm. necessarily my journey. And they, they made a point of letting me know that, you know, because it's, <laughs> a, it's a family business. Mm. And I'm certainly, I wasn't family. And um, because I was attaching myself to their journey, and I didn't really have a voice of my own developed at that time because of, because of how I grew up and how I... Um, you know, the self that I became in my home to, to survive. And, um, that is a dangerous thing because you can even attach yourself to the journey, not just of a spiritual person, but of a, of a friend, you know, your friend is doing well, your friend is doing successful. I know people who've attached themselves to my journey to, Mm -hmm. to their own dismay. They, Mm -hmm. they didn't develop that. They didn't become, um, all they could have been. Because they were so attached to me and what I was doing and trying to get and feed off of me. And that is not a good thing. You know, you don't, you should not attach yourself to anyone's journey. And um, I, th- I think that kind of connects a little bit to what you're saying, because if you attach yourself to language, you know, you c- we can, we can broaden that, you know, attaching yourself to language, attaching yourself to laws, attaching yourself to even a principle which I'm, I'm a big fan of principles, but if you attach yourself to the principle, it can probably not help, you know? It's just, I mean, those are just some bunch of random thoughts that, that popped up as you were talking about that. But I think what you're saying is it's super valid. Like, it's a big thing that I think everyone who's on a spiritual journey thinks about. You know, man, yeah, and like you said, too, like, there's something we said for, and like Freddie was saying, like the material circumstance of, you know, whatever your like career may be that you can have a mentor or something. <clears throat> but still, you have to have your own inner personal journey. Yeah. Um, and something I think about a lot that I think is actually kind of dangerous. And we'll have to talk about it afterward with regard to Jesus and like spiritual leaders and things. But hero worship, um, I think, is a very bad thing. Like we think of uh, historical figures, especially whatever Abraham Lincoln, um, as mm-hmm. being a perfect man, um, as if he was like on cloud nine all the time, and he was yeah. just always perfectly principled, and he never once was a dick to anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> excuse me. Um, oh man, come on. And uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and. Uh, Man, like, you can't follow any spiritual principles. Whomever. <laughs> here we go. I'm back to square one. That's what I'm saying where I'm at anyway. You know, whoever your hero is, we tend to worship one very specific thing that they do or did without mm. also considering all the stuff that they've been through and the 10,000 pleasures and pains, yes. happiness and sorrows that they have been through too. So... Um, mm-hmm. As a principle, I think of all the time, I believe in Hinduism, there's two kinds of gurus. There's upa gurus and sat gurus. I believe an upa guru 
is like a realized being. This is your guru who knows it all mm. and is constantly teaching everybody. Uh, incredibly rare to find an individual such as that. A sat guru is a guru who's not necessarily a teacher, but a teaching. Mm. Um, and when you look at people, historical or otherwise, heroes or otherwise, as not teachers, but teachings, they went through some stuff in their incarnation where they uncovered some things that might be helpful to you and might be inspiring mm. to you. But worshiping them and the totality of their existence as being perfect. And, oh, gosh darn it, why can't I be that? I just want to be the Beatles, okay? Yeah, yeah. I'll do all the exact same stuff the Beatles did, and I'll get the haircut and everything, and then I'll do it. I'll be the Beatles. Yeah, and that's... what you hear, like, uh, you know, quote-unquote successful people say all the time is, well, I always wanted to be X, mm -hmm. but I couldn't be that because I am me. So in my inability to be the thing I wanted to be, I became the thing that I am, which yeah. is oftentimes way more personal, way more successful in a, in a like wholesome kind of way. Um, but yeah, attaching yourself to someone else, be they actually in front of you or not, mm -hmm. um, is a kind of material again, like in almost intellectual piece of knowledge that's not really helpful and can actually kind of torture you. Yeah, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I was thinking about what you're talking about. And I also, because you got me thinking a lot um, in one of the episodes um, when you you were questioning, um, I think uh, you, were, you were mentioning that, you know, if we would put universe in text, let's say, mm. And read it and you really made me think about that a lot um and kind of um the way you're saying attaching and worshiping it kind of made me remind me of some i've been kind of stirring around something some gumbo in my mind about uh some of that and um one of the things that's really interesting in the context of of what you're saying in jesus teachings is he says things like and I've never, and this is what I like about reading other things, because then it opens, because, you know, a lot of his stuff is Eastern, you know, it, hmm. it is, you know, I, you know, of course, right? <laughs> well, like you said, in going back and studying, you're like, they stole all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, no, there's, and even, even when I did the scholarly studies, there was, there were groups uh, of people that, you know, he taught something and it's like, oh, just like. This is this group also taught that, you know, at that time. So there's a there's a lot of commonality and and um, a stream of thought. And what he says, things like, if you see me, then you've seen the father. If you so this this oneness, which the doctrine, which is not explicitly and any 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 pastor will tell you. The doctrine, uh, the doctrine of the Trinity is not explicitly explained anywhere in Scripture. It is something that came about um, through intellectual conversations and, and, and meet, you know, big council meetings and stuff like that <laughs> of, about the faith. So it's interesting to me, you know, that he always, I and the Father are one. If you, if you know me, then you know the Father. If you, he's constantly in this in a sort of oneness 
you know mm. and and uh he's connecting everything um and when people would say uh you know you are god you know uh who are you well you are and he said he he would sort of push back at them a little bit mm. but he never gave definitive answers like exact you know like really definitive at least you know in the, in the scriptures we have and it, it makes me think a lot too because he said carry your own cross you know mm. he didn't say carry my cross he said carry your own cross and a lot of what he taught is in line with a lot of what we're saying you know about your own journey carry your own cross um the oneness of everything you know if you've seen me you've seen the father i mean that's a pretty big statement so a lot of people take it as he's god well what do you mean well he must be god if you've mm. seen him and but but what if i mean this 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 would piss a lot of people off but you know what if it's just you know um because he does say when you did something for me you know when you did some, if i do something for you derek jesus says i did it for him yeah. he teaches that so let's think about that in in a oneness way, you know. So so we're all so connected in this in this way and in this kind of like bigger scheme of things that like you said instead of looking at heroing somebody and he always did he did push people like not to just, you know, constantly be on him. There was a sense of that, you know. And maybe in, from what you're saying, looking at it in that lens of what you're saying, I think maybe that's a part of it. Maybe a part of it is, you know, don't overdose and carry my cross. That's my cross. Don't <laughs> overdose and, like, just look at me so much. You know, like, don't worry about me so much. Help that person. Because if you help them, it's like you help me. Don't worry about... um what status you have this is stuff this is jesus stuff don't worry about where you are what level who who you're going to be sitting next to don't that's stupid don't worry about that that's not what this is about you don't even know what you're saying and is this constant like um he cuts down a lot of those i don't know trees in the forest of the system he's constantly just cutting them down and saying no just cut that down cut it down it's it's, it's no good let's make a fire out of that He's just mm -hmm. cutting it down. And um, it's really interesting. You know, I'm really enjoying, like, thanks to you uh, reading a, lo a lot of uh, Hindu text. And, and it's, 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 a lot of it is really, really, <laughs> unbelievably, it fills in a lot of gaps. It really does. Yeah. And, and it, it makes Jesus make a lot, a lot of more <laughs> sense without having to, um, you know, there's a lot of proof texting. It's a it's a very uh, modern Christian practice to proof text, uh, and we see and we see it also in in politics and stuff. You know, in the media, they proof they take one clip of someone you know um, saying something. You know, I this this and this and this. Meanwhile, after that, they they explain you know something else that really doesn't even mean what proof <laughs> texting they're doing. <laughs> And they do that to Jesus, they do that in the scriptures, and they do it to control people and to push their agenda. So we all we all can do that, whether we're religious or not, whether we're a scientist, anybody's guilt can be guilty of proof texting. Yeah. And I think that we tend, you know, that's such a common thing 
and and in like all the different areas of life and i don't know what the hell i was going I, that's that's <laughs> well, all made... i got i was going somewhere but <laughs> you could check out from there i check out i checked out right there well you're making me think man <laughs> that like you know again so, so much of because i do really think that we need some sort of spirit common spirituality or a common sense of purpose in the 21st century here uh, it seems like we're being split apart at the seams mm. and i think we will require a sort of new terminology because a lot of the ancient religions have paperclip to them so many things and even spirituality as a term and those oh what are you like a kind of a hippie person you're burning sage or whatever like yeah that isn't taken too seriously either but you could look at the spiritual path, an individual's um, path to, again, making their life not as difficult as it used to be with regard to their mental state and how things are on a moment-to-moment, day-to-day basis, that you can take teachings from anywhere. And that can mean that you take ancient Hindu teachings and ancient Jesus teachings, mm-hmm. which, again, like uh, it seems not enough people do. But it also means that if you're like in Pier 1 and you happen to see like, a, you know, a generic piece of art that happens to say something that strikes a certain chord with you, mm-hmm. that pushes you in a certain direction or has you have a, a series of thoughts or reminds you of a thing, that can be your cross too. Yeah. That is equally as valid because it meant something to you. And yes. that is all the spiritual path is. Yeah, it's, it's it, it is we're all on the journey together mm-hmm. and we are all impacting one another constantly and we are the totality of each other but also we are all like i said one whatever you want to call it soul atman light children of god the little little drop of consciousness that animates this weird thing that we got put well, into one thing i'd, I'd like to add because it happened to me this week is um it's, it's in the same stream of thought um when long as I can hold on to it. <laughs> well, in in the case of like what's going to reach you or what's going to break through and help you um, be at more peace or have an understanding of why you feel a certain way or what you're going through. Because, you know, that's a big thing. You know, you want to know why, why, you know, at least I do. Yeah, um, you know, why, why am I feeling like, uh, why like um, poo-poo? <laughs> Why am I feeling like poo poo? I feel like doo doo right now. Why do I feel like doo doo? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so the thing is, I had a conversation with a friend of mine, and it was you know I talked to him. He's, he's, a, he's a good friend of mine. We talk maybe two three times a week, and um, we talk about random stuff. It's not like we talk about anything specific. You know, life. We both have kids. You know, stuff, hmm. and um. We had a conversation, and that conversation led me to write a post on Facebook, which actually sparked the Shock Chronicles. And I wrote the post, and he called me a day later, and he goes, I don't know how you got that from our conversation. (laughs) He said, did you really write that after we spoke? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, okay. (laughs) And it's true when I thought about it. We didn't really, but because it can, there was pieces, because we talked about everything in that conversation. We talked about some, you know, stuff going on now in, in, uh, in the world, with, 
you know, what's happening. We talked about different things. And somewhere along the line, through those conversations, like you said, it could have been, I could have been at Pier 1, out of going out of business, and I could have saw a plaque with something, and that could have done the same thing. You don't know what's going to reach you. You don't know when, and you don't know how. I could have, it could have been an angry barista. Who the hell knows, right? What, did you freeze up on me, Derek? And this is just a part of having a live show. Sometimes things happen. And, and uh, sometimes they don't. But we got some good talks in. And, uh, oh, no, look, Derek. Derek, I was closing the show without you. <laughs> I <laughs> said it's not right? worth it. It's no good. <laughs> I said, Derek isn't here. This is it. I give up. I gave up. And, you know, I was super unprepared for today. I have. You know, I had nothing. I Normally, I could have went to my notes and been like, "Okay, let's talk about this until Derek gets back." Yeah, I got zip zippity doo da zippity a. I apologize about that, man. Um, I would like to just give a quick shout out to Optimum Internet Provider because mm. I pay uh, upwards of eighty-five dollars a month um, for internet in one room. Um, my apartment is unfortunately two rooms. So how dare I think hmm. I could get internet in my living room? Um, That's terrible. I can't believe you thought that. But you know what? In, in line with spiritual teachings and things, um, <laughs> you ever just get immediately furious really fast? <laughs> no, never. <laughs> never. I don't know what you're talking about. It's always peace and love with me. I never, never fight. Never Darn yell. That's why, that's why I've had such a good week. Because <laughs> I... I never get angry. I never get hurt. I'm just, a, I'm above everything. I'm just like this, coasting. <laughs> Listen, I can't even do the show. Uh, you disappeared. It was like, yeah. it was just, it was, it was like, like back in the days when the TV show finished and they put up the color bars. Yeah, right. And they That's said, what happened. Derek left the color bars. I was ready to put them up. I was looking for color bars. I was like, oh man, color bars. Well, this you know, this must be some sort of conspiracy. We must have been talking too real today, Mike. That, oh yeah, uh, let's do that. Our FBI guys came in and shut the show down. Yeah, let's do that. Um, let's let's. That's good because this is <laughs> this is this is what we do, right? As humans, we <laughs> find someone to blame. That's correct. <laughs> and we can blame not just the internet going out, mm -hmm. but oh, everything that happened before that. That's correct. And after that. That's right. <laughs> right. We can just project it all onto the optimum. It's their fault. It's their fault that we're uh -huh. not going to have it. You mm -hmm. know, we, we didn't get to keep talking about stuff. That's right. They've it's, ruined my entire week they, now. They ruined the week. I, I can't do anything now. It's, it's, it's just, I'm so upset. All right, Mike. Well, Wait, hey, I don't, we, we, but we, I don't we, get upset. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. We're not supposed I, to do that, right? I don't get upset. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the weirdest. It, it's, it was great until it until it until you disappeared yeah that's true i would agree we were on a roll there yeah we were um and now we've lost all momentum <laughs> <laughs> we, we just, this is interesting you know it but you know what i got to give us a little bit of credit because it's been a lot of episodes <laughs> that's true before and we this is one. the first one where we just kind of uh, we imploded like but it's it but we did do a good close to 40 minutes before we imploded so that that's true. you can probably just end it there yeah, I suppose. on the on the repost, you <laughs> know, just be like, you you'll, I'll be in the middle, and then you froze. You're like, 
Oh, and I'm like, Derek, did you? Are you just being very stoic, or you know? Because I know how much you love a good stoic. That's and, right. It's and I'm just like, a new man, form is of he? Meditation, oh, so. I was like, wait a second. He's externalizing the internal life. <laughs> he's so stoic. So I didn't. I, I waited a little while because I wanted to. So I was like, man, he's so stoic. Nah, I'm just as screwed as I and was, it was before. It was just hitting me, you know, in the heart, and I was like, oh my god, Derek is so stoic. He's inspiring me. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna go be still. You know, I was like, oh, he must have been reading Christian texts. Be still and know that I am God. That's right. Like, that's, that's what right. he was doing. That's what I was doing, okay? That's what and I All thought. that stuff I was saying before was lies. I was just, <laughs> it was a test. <laughs> good, good. All right, guys. Well, uh, right, thanks for tuning in. We, yes. we, we, you know what? We didn't goof up. Optimum goofed up. Yeah, again, I blame everyone fault. else but me. Yeah. yeah. It's everyone else's fault. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, and as usual, it'll it'll be up, and uh, you can watch it again and watch me like a deer in headlights when when Derek disappears. <laughs> I'm like, uh, what do I do? What do I do? Derek's gone. All right, guys. <laughs>